Uh, there are all kinds of people in this world. All, all kinds of people. And as I meet people and as I talk to people, uh, I learn that there are, there are different, different, different people. And sometimes um, when I meet someone, I compare them to people from the Bible. Sometime I'll meet I'll meet people and I love I love to say you know what that person they're they're a Peter and Peters can be troublemakers but um, but they're Peter right sometimes I'll meet somebody and and I'll say they're a Paul and if God ever gets a hold of them watch out because they're gonna make a real difference sometimes I'll meet people I'll say that person is an Andrew. Somebody that might not always be at the front and um, on top of things, but they, they, they are going to consistently share their faith with others. And today we meet with this, we have this story. Jesus meets with Nicodemus at night. John chapter 3. When I say John chapter 3, most people think John 3.16, right? And we're going to get there and we're going to talk about John 3.16. Actually, in my plan... It's not to get to John 3.16 this week, but to get there uh, probably next week, maybe. But um, as I look at this, there's this guy. We have to put it into context. News had probably come down to Jerusalem about what Jesus Christ had been doing and the things that he had been saying up in Galilee. And then he comes down to the temple. And remember what we were talking about last week? He'd come into the temple and he'd flipped over tables, he'd thrown chairs, he'd made a whip and whipped people out of the temple. And I'm sure he caused quite a stir. And the question was asked, what sign gives you the authority to do this, Jesus? And Jesus says, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. When you see that, you'll know that I have authority to do this. That was his sign. And apparently that, that really made one man think. And in John chapter 3, in verse 1, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night. And said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And I, I see, as I read this passage of scripture, and I read this, I, I see Nicodemus, he's thinking, but at the same time, I think he comes to Jesus, he comes to him at night. Because apparently everything I've ever read says that Nicodemus didn't want everybody else to know that he was going and having this conversation with Jesus. But you still see some arrogance in the way that he approaches Jesus. No one, no one can do the things that you are doing, these signs that you're doing, unless he comes from God. So he kind of wants to challenge Jesus. And, and I'm going to say here, you know, as I go through this book, I like to put these tombstones because I want these guys to be remembered 
the way that John has us remember them. And I, I put these there for your benefit so that you can maybe remember what's Nicodemus, who's Peter, who's Nathaniel, who's uh, Andrew. And there's a guy that pops up in the book of John a number of times. We usually only remember his encounter in John chapter 3, but he appears in this book in a number of places. And if we were to put something on his tombstone, I would say that Nicodemus is the searching scholar. And I, I, meet, I meet Peter's, and, and I like Peter's, and I want to see what God does with Peter's. I love John's, people that never got over the fact that Jesus loved them. Andrew's. But you, you know what? kind of people I, I often like to talk to. I like to just sit and listen to them and hear what they have to say. And the people that, that I, I really enjoy just spending a good hour with are the Nicodemus, the searching scholar, the guys who come in and, and ask the thought-provoking questions and ask questions. And, and I love what happens here. Because Nicodemus comes in sort of with this air of arrogance. And with this question about if Jesus, the guy who's running around doing all these signs, if God is with him, Jesus completely turns the conversation a different direction. And isn't that what Jesus Christ does, does with us often? We think we have our own plans in life and our own questions and our own thoughts and, and the own direction we're going to go and what work. And doesn't Jesus Christ often just completely change the narrative in a moment just like that? And that's what Jesus does with Nicodemus here. He says, uh, he says, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I challenge you today. Um, no, I, I'm not being serious right now. I, I'm being very sarcastic. But I challenge you today to just go start going down the street and say, you need to be born again. You need to be born again. You need to be born again. Um, you're going to get some funny looks. And under the right circumstances here, when Jesus is talking to this guy who's a searching scholar, who knows the Bible and is associated with, with it. And he says, Nicodemus, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He knew his audience. And he knew he had, to, he had to grab this guy's mind and he really had to make him think. Now, I believe, and this is where we're going today, because we're going to talk about this concept of being born again. I believe that it's crucial for us as Christians to understand the concept of being born again. New life, we sing songs about it, new life in Christ. You get to Paul's epistles, and he talks about how we have put off the old man, and we are putting on the new man. And we are to be new creatures in Jesus Christ. He's supposed to make a difference in each and every single one of us. And because you've experienced life with Christ and you are born again, you are new, you are different, and God is conforming you into the image of his son. But it's not, we often talk as Christians about the meat of the word versus the milk 
of the word. And if you've been a Christian for a long time, you know that there are some things that as you mature, when you learn about them, they mean, they really mean something to you. And 10 years ago as a Christian, you, you, you just didn't get it. But being born again, I think, is one of those things that might stir up and, and make us think about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to have relationship with Christ. And it's something we need to learn as we're new and fresh to this idea of life with Christ and what it's all about. But it may not be the first thing that you open with as you're trying to share your witness and your testimony about Jesus Christ. But it might be something that you could share with somebody and what Christ has done with you. And so I want to explain it a little bit today. And... I love talking to about John chapter 13 with 13-year-olds because of what Nicodemus says next. The Nicodemus says, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? I say, what does that mean? And most kids get that. They say, Nicodemus says, Hey, if you're old, you can't crawl back up into mom's stomach and pop out a second time. And they're just like, Ew. Right? And and is, doesn't this shouldn't this just make everybody go, ew, yuck. No. Nicodemus, I think, still has I don't know why anybody ever came to Jesus with arrogance. I don't know why people today still approach Jesus with arrogance. Do you know what I mean? And then Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. In other words, uh, Jesus, Jesus is saying, Nicodemus, you want to have a debate. You want us to argue about where I come from and what this means about being born again. But I want to teach you a lesson. Jesus flipped the conversation and says, unless unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So I got this question. So while I continue on here, I want you to ask ask you a question. And, And if you've got a piece of paper in front of you, maybe you could even try this as I'm talking. I'd like you to write down any verses that you can think of that talk about being born again. And I know the first one that should pop into everybody's mind is John chapter 3. But I'd like you to think, think and where are other places in the Bible where it might talk about, and you can think about being born again, new life, uh, uh, born from above, and, and putting off the old man, putting on the old... And even if you can't write down the reference, maybe just kind of jot, jot down some of the places where you can think about that. But Jesus is asking here, he's saying, Nicodemus, I'm not talking about physical rebirth. I'm talking about spiritual rebirth. Being born from above. And, and it says in there, in verse 7, Do not marvel that I said to you, 
You must be born again. How many of you guys remember in the King James Version how that read? Verily, verily, I say to you, you must be born again. I, I understand because if I walked up to somebody and if I walked up to some young person on the street and I said, verily, verily, I say to you, they're going to look at me funny. But you know what? If we could look at what Jesus was saying, that verily, verily, that double amen. He was saying, Nicodemus, I mean it when I say this. This is firm and it means something. You must be born again. And he says, the wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? Again, he wants to debate with Jesus, but Jesus says, are you the, the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify what we have seen and you do not receive our witness if what i would have told you earthly things and you do not believe